This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies. Hello, I'm Executive Editor Eric Chabro, and here are my picks for some of the most compelling content found on GovInfoSecurity.com for the month of April 2011. Some 37,000 individuals in the United States consider themselves information security analysts, and they all have jobs. In April, for the first time, the Federal Bureau of Labor Statistics included an IT security occupation, information security analysts, among the job categories it surveys when compiling the data used to determine the nation's unemployment rate. Statistically, there aren't enough IT security analysts to survey, so the fact that the government stats don't show any unemployment among IT security analysts shouldn't be taken as gospel. Still, whether or not the unemployment rate is truly zero, IT security analysts belong to a profession that employers say they can't find enough workers with those skills, and nearly every one of them can find a job. A Texas State Comptroller Office computer breach that exposed the personal information of 3.5 million individuals has cost taxpayers $1.8 million. According to the Comptroller's Office, the breach also cost the jobs of the heads of IT and information security, as well as two other employees in the Comptroller's Office. What made this breach unusual is that the information was exposed for about a year before anyone noticed. The breach occurred when unencrypted files that included social security numbers, names, mailing addresses, birthdates, and driver's license numbers were transferred to the Comptroller's office from three state agencies. I'll be back with more after this. Are you responsible for your agency's regulatory compliance program? Do cybercrime, data breaches, or endpoint security keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the GovInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit GovInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Welcome back. As Congress and the White House look for ways to cut federal spending, one area that could prove dicey is IT security. That's the contention made by Philip Reitinger. He's Deputy Undersecretary and the highest-ranking cybersecurity executive at the Department of Homeland Security. In an interview recorded shortly before a budget deal was cut, Reitinger expressed some misgivings in reducing funding for federal government IT security initiatives. The resources that we in government need are those that the president asked for in his budget. We give a lot of thought to the, the resource requests. And as you can imagine, there's a fair amount of competition in government because there are a lot of missions that we need to accomplish. And so we think very, very hard about how much to ask for and where to put it. Obviously, cuts in cybersecurity with the threat environment that we face cause us some concern. Senator Tom Carper chairs a subcommittee with IT security oversight, but he doesn't say whether or not the government should cut cybersecurity spending. However, the Delaware Democrat chaired a hearing that looked into ways the government could cut waste in IT spending. Among wasteful spending he sees is the checkbox paper process agencies employ to certify their IT security under the Federal Information Security Management Act. There's, a, there's a, there are things we can do to save some money here to make sure that we're not wasting a billion and a half dollars a year on paperwork exercises that pretend to reflect improvements in our cybersecurity when they do nothing of the sort. Carper says another way to smartly spend money is for the government to require agencies to only acquire information technology prefigured to be secure. I think we'd be foolish not to uh, to look to use our purchasing power to leverage greater protection built in 
to, uh, to our technology. We've had, we've heard from a lot of folks that are not necessarily representatives of, uh, of, of the industry, but people who are very well informed about cybersecurity and how to protect our interests, our, our sensitive materials, say, you know, if you're going to do anything, do this. That's it for April. I'm Eric Chabro. Enjoy your weekend and have a great May. This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.GovInfoSecurity.com.